Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. On Tuesday, I told you about the clueless ending of all forms of reverence and worship by Bishop Stowe of the Diocese of Lexington, and by his, itself his decree seemed both silly on its face and frankly mean-spirited, but then came some analysis of the claims in his decree that revealed his understanding of the liturgy and the church to be so ridiculous that they warrant going over here. In addition, we have a return of a story that broke in early 2020 that sent ripples of worry throughout the church, involving the question of whether your baptism in the Novus Ordo was valid or not, since it came out in 2020 that a lot of priests and deacons in the church were not following the church's rather strict rules for baptism and attempting to provide a sacrament in a way that the church has clearly said repeatedly over the course of history was illicit. And all this gets me to thinking. Many of us think we're seeing the apostasy that was foretold unfolding before our eyes, but there have been voices that have said the promised apostasy has already come, and now it's just painfully obvious to everyone with a shred of the Catholic faith. I don't know what to think, but maybe the stories I'm covering today will shed some light on things. So let's get into it. But first, I wanted to thank the patrons and channel members for their continued support of the channel and the work I do here. By contributing a dollar a month to the work of this channel, they keep this news and analysis coming, so a big thanks to them. If you want to become a patron of the channel, there are links to Patreon and Subscribestar in the description box below, or you can click the Join button below the screen. Thanks, and now on to the story of Bishop Stowe's rather silly ban of all things reverent in the church which entailed both restrictions of the traditional liturgy in keeping with Supich's policy, as well as ending reverent worship in the Novus Ordo. Over at a website called Corpus Christi Watershed, a writer named Jeff Ostrowski broke the decree down into all its ridiculous claims, and I'm not going to go over them all here, although I do recommend you read this. What he did was masterful, but I will focus simply on one. In the opening paragraph of Bishop Stowe's letter, the bishop makes a silly claim that is demonstrably false. Quote, there is no precedent for permitting two forms of the same rite in the church to be in use simultaneously. End quote. That is on its face nonsense on stilts. In the Roman rite, there are the following forms of the Mass. The Novus Ordo, what gets called the Tridentine Mass, but I've started calling the Apostolic Mass, given its ancient origins, as well as the traditional Dominican rite, Serum use, Ambrosian use, which Archbishop Vigano is said to be particularly fond of, the rite of Braga, the Mozarabic Rite, Carthusian Rite, Gallican Rite, just to name a few, and yes, there are others. These forms of the Latin liturgy go back to before the Council of Trent in most cases, say for the Novus Ordo, and you'd think that this kind of subject would be covered in seminary studies or whatever uh, additional training a bishop gets when they get consecrated as a bishop, but apparently they were not for Bishop Stowe. As Mr. Ostrowski says in his article, quote, this is false. Under the umbrella of the quote-unquote Roman Rite, through the centuries, numerous different quote-unquote uses and or rites have peaceably coexisted. Some are very minor, such as the slight variations in a mass said by a Franciscan. Others are extreme, almost constituting a completely different rite. Foolish people waste hours arguing nomenclature. Whether Salisbury, Lyons, Paris, and so on constituted rites or uses or forms, the reality is practically every cathedral had some liturgical practices of their own, as did religious orders. As a matter of fact, the Dominican rite is a variation, form, or use of the Roman rite. It is certainly not an Eastern rite. This has never been viewed as deleterious to church unity. End quote. 
There's that word again, unity. The author is referring to Stowe's claim for suppressing competing liturgies in the name of unity. And look, I'm all for unity. Jesus said that we should be one, but the reality is that it's not the liturgy that divides Catholics of the Latin West. It's the different ecclesiology, the different understanding of the faith, the modernism versus tradition debate that divides the church. That's what divides the church, and it's tied to the liturgy because the liturgy, of the, the liturgy is the expression of those things. And no traditional Catholic who understands the issues believes the divide is limited only to the liturgy. This goes into fundamental issues of theology, often exemplified in simple terms like the contemporary term, people of God, or the term that has fallen by the wayside but was used throughout history, church militant. And the difference on their face between the two illustrates the different theologies at battle here. In real life, this takes on the form of, well, things like this. Headline from the National Catholic Register. Phoenix priest who botched baptism for decades apologizes as he seeks to make amends. The problem here is the same as in 2020. The church prescribes the very specific words that reflect the intentions of the priest when providing the sacrament of baptism. This is the distinction between I baptize you and we baptize you, because those phrases have very different meanings that show this modernism versus tradition divide in the church in pretty clear details. But let's take a look at the story in question. Quote, a Catholic priest in Phoenix has apologized, asked for forgiveness, and resigned as parish pastor after a determination that he had failed to baptize validly over his two decades of priestly service in Brazil, the Diocese of San Diego, and the Diocese of Phoenix. In a January 14th letter to the faithful of the diocese, Bishop Thomas Olmsted of Phoenix said the information is as difficult to hear as it is challenging for me to announce. It is with sincere and pastoral concern that I inform the faithful that baptisms performed by Reverend Andres Arango, a priest of the Diocese of Phoenix, are invalid, he said. Bishop Olmsted cited the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith's August 6, 2020 doctrinal note, which said that baptism confirmed with the formula, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, is invalid. Father Arango had been using this formula. End quote. At this point, the church should be offering any person who wants a conditional baptism to get one, unless they have a film proof that their baptism was done the way the church prescribes, and the church needs to address how this keeps happening. In 2021, it came out in my diocese that a priest was never baptized validly. That means all the rest of the sacraments he received or offered were not valid either. You can imagine the consequences of this. He was conditionally baptized, ordained, confirmed, and the rest of it in the span of, I think it was 72 hours. It was very short. But we are owed an explanation, and I want to see what the excuse will be. They won't address the elephant in the room, which is modernism and the collapse of Catholic theology in the seminaries and in the parishes of the Novus Ordo. They won't address that because they can't without admitting that their springtime of the Church of the New Advent has really been a winter in the Church, a theological ice age, and they can't admit that under any circumstances. Case in point, from the article, quote, The issue with using we is that it is not the community that baptizes a person, rather it is Christ and him alone who presides at all of the sacraments. And so it is Christ Jesus who baptizes, Bishop Olmsted explained. I do not believe Father Andreas had any intentions to harm the faithful or deprive them of the grace of baptism and the sacraments, the bishop continued. On behalf of our local church, I too am sincerely sorry that this error has resulted in disruption to the sacramental lives of a number of the faithful. This is why I pledge to take every step necessary to remedy the situation for everyone impacted. End quote. 
Bishop Olmsted does a fine job of explaining the theological distinction between I baptize and we baptize, but he never addresses the basic question, how did this happen? And no, I'm not going after Bishop Olmsted here, for the record. The simplest answer to the question, though, is this. The Church has had an invisible schism for decades now, between those who hold the faith and those who don't. It's invisible because it's not simply a matter of liturgical loyalties. It goes beyond that. There are good, faithful, traditionally-minded Catholics in the Novus Ordo. I know that's an unpopular opinion, but I know many of them myself, and there are plenty of people who love the lace, liturgy, and incense, and the rest of the traditional Latin Mass while holding to some really bizarre ideas that don't belong in the Church at all. This isn't anything new, and in fact, it's a rather sad indication of the state of things right now. But what do I mean by schism? In an article addressing the coming likely schism from the German Synodal Way, Kath.net published an interview with Bernard Muser, who is an observer of all things in the church in Germany, and he was asked about what the consequences of the synod will be. Here's his answer, and I think it applies to the universal church more broadly, not just Germany. Quote, I am not an expert in canon law, so I can only offer my amateur assessment, and I would say, with the most recent General Assembly of the Synodal Path, the German church crisis has reached a new level. It's less about what a group of church-authorized people mean by the majority of the theatrical thunder inside and outside the church and close to the camera. At best, this is stage one of the schism, communal manifestation of teachings that are at odds with the universal church. Unfortunately, level two or three has now been reached. A veritable majority of Catholic bishops in Germany took part in resolutions and agreed to declarations of intent that clearly contradict doctrine. In doing so, they have publicly broken their promise of consecration. The passage in question for their consecration reads, Are you ready to pass on the faith handed down by the apostles, which has always been preserved everywhere in the church, pure and unabridged? Answer, I am ready. End quote. Clearly, many of the bishops have ignored this promise, and in many cases they don't even know it. They adopted the new theology, which is a break from the deposit of the faith, and in so doing thought they were serving the Church of Christ, but were in reality serving something else. Is that schism here already? Perhaps, though stage three of a schism is formal schism, to my knowledge, and we clearly aren't there yet, since when that stage is reached, there's no doubt in anyone's mind about the reality of said schism. Think the break between Rome and Constantinople, or the Great Western Schism a couple of centuries later. At the core of this is a denial of the words of the creed and all they contain in meaning. Mr. Muser continues in his explanation, quote, There is a Latin term, depositum fide, for this. This is best translated as the sacred treasure, deposited in the archives of the church, the content that must not be touched because to tamper with it could damage the substance of revelation. The goods of faith must be defended wholeheartedly by the custodians of the treasury, i.e. the successors of the apostles, the bishops, in the form in which it has been presented to the church throughout the ages, in the apostolic tradition, as what is necessary to be believed. In short, it is the core, the basis of the content of the Catholic Church. Incidentally, the prayer of the church is also part of the heritage of faith, such as the prayers of praise, such as we do in every holy mass. It also includes a belief that the church, despite all its crimes in the past, is a divine mystery in the real presence of Christ. It is already problematic when bishops speak of the church as a quote-unquote perpetrator organization. There is the thoughtful word of the English historian Arnold Toynbee. He was an Anglican who once said, the Catholic Church has been run through the ages by such villainous idiocy that the fact that it still exists is a testament to its divine endowment, end quote. Hilaire Belloc once said something similar on that note, and you've probably heard it. Quote, 
The Catholic Church is an institution I am bound to hold divine, but for unbelievers a proof of its divinity might be found in the fact that no merely human institution conducted with such knavish imbecility would have lasted a fortnight. End quote. The central point remains true. Mr. Muser is right, I think, when he talks about the schism already functionally being here. Think about it. Bishop Stowe has not even knowledge of the various forms of Latin liturgy that a novice priest should have, even if they don't know how to say those different forms. The problem with baptism persists despite Rome continuing to put out statements about the valid form of administering the sacrament of baptism. This problem isn't going to go away, and it's because the underlying problem won't be addressed. Modernism and the Catholic faith are two different things, and until modernism is cast aside, this problem will persist. Have any of you interacted with that priest from Arizona whose baptisms were invalid? Let me know in the comments. Have any of you met Bishop Stowe? I'd like to hear your story, so let me know in the comments. The priest from Arizona's error does not preclude him from being a, a otherwise pleasant and decent person to be around or having qualities that might make otherwise for a good shepherd. It's just that modernism has distorted our understanding of what the church is, the role of the laity is, and this has real consequences, including a chain of sacraments being invalid. Think about that for a second. So let me know if you know this priest, and please everyone keep him in your prayers. And let me know in general what you thought of all this. And like and subscribe if you haven't, it really does help. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.